Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Rams Up, a Los Angeles Rams podcast. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We cover other SoCal sports news of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Season 2, Episode 29 of Rams Up, your Los Angeles Rams podcast. Hey, make sure you check out our YouTube channel. We posted a video last week predicting all of the starters for the Rams' first game. Who's going to roll out for that first defensive snap? Who's going to roll out for the first offensive snap? Who's kicking off? Who's punting? Who's returning the ball? A little bit of fun we had with that, so check that out. Get to that YouTube channel by going to our website, ramsup.com. Click on the YouTube link and you will be there. This episode, well, we're going to have another segment of who's pumped, who's pissed, and who's perplexed. Looking at various fan bases around the league. We'll have a training camp update, some general Rams news. And then the meat of this broadcast, our fearsome four, I should say, our fearsome 10 things to watch in this Ram Charger game. We offer our Rams fans viewing guide for the first preseason game. And we also have a tidbit on mauling the media, defending a certain Rams player that was mauled a little bit by a certain YouTuber. Get through some general Rams notes. Dick Vermeil inducted into the Hall of Fame. Speech was a little bit long, maybe too many thank yous. 
but I enjoyed the blasts from the past, calling out Roman Gabriel, Tommy Prothro, Tom Mack, Chuck Knox, even John Wooden. So I liked that aspect of it. It was a decent speech. Welcome to the Hall of Fame, Dick Vermeil. Hard to dislike that guy. Nate Davis of USA Today had his power rankings, and who's on top? The Rams, number one. Haven't seen that much. Everywhere else I've seen, it's pretty much the Buffalo Bills. So Nate Davis throwing some love at the Rams. And did you hear Cowboys cornerback Trevon Diggs ranking his top five wide receivers, leaving out Cooper Cup, including at number five, C.D. Lamb? So that may add a little twist to that Ram-Cowboy game. Trevon Diggs, I get it. You want to celebrate one of your young teammates, but leaving Cooper Cup off your list, whatever, doesn't really matter. doesn't amount to much, but a little curious nonetheless. You know, my special assistant pointed this out to me, and it's so true. Over the last eight plus years, the Rams have made four personnel moves and two organizational moves that have all worked out so well. And if they had hit on just two or three of these, they'd be sitting pretty, and they hit on all six. First was drafting AD. Second was moving to Los Angeles. Third was hiring Sean McVay. Fourth was drafting Cooper Cup. And then the last two, trading for Jalen Ramsey, trading for Matthew Stafford, all six A-plus organizational and personnel moves. Man, got to hand it to the Rams. They have been on a roll. Some training camp notes. Now, remember, we have a preview of that Ram Charger game coming up later in this episode, but it's all about Stafford's elbow, I guess. I'm kind of getting tired of hearing about it. Uh, One day, I'm really concerned, and then the next day, Ram's kind of writing it off, including Stafford. No story here, basically, but still a little worried about it, and maybe I'm focusing on it too much in this podcast and probably the next one, too because we're not going to know for sure. Rams are pretty tight about a lot of that information, but I think overall, if I were to step back and give an unbiased assessment of this situation, he's probably going to be working through a little bit of pain all year long, but he'll be fine. And I don't think we have to really be concerned in the long term about Matthew Stafford's availability or his ability to make all the throws he needs to make. Jacob Harris added to the walking wounded list. He joins Van Jefferson out for a couple weeks at least with a groin injury. The Rams released Kyle Markaway, the tight end, and signed wide receiver Austin Trammell. And as I note in my Ram Charger preseason preview, Trammell might be on board for kick return duties in the preseason. Punt returning as well. We'll see. Does he have a chance to make the roster? Well, if Jacob Harris and Van Jefferson are still struggling with their injuries, maybe so. Still call him a long shot, though. Tutu Atwell has been stepping out on the practice field. That's a good sign. Wolford connecting with him on some deep balls. And, hey, you know, I probably am guilty of dismissing Terrell Burgess, really just forgetting about him. There's so much talent on this roster. That's easy to do in my defense, but... I'll talk about him a little bit more in our Ram Charger preview. Not sure where he fits in the secondary as far as the pecking order, but maybe this preseason game will tell us something. NFL notes, did you hear Samson Ebukan calling out the Rams in a roundabout way, saying he's so happy to be with the Niners, he wished he had been drafted by the Niners. 
he would have been used strictly off the edge as a guy getting around the corner and getting to the quarterback, uh, kind of lamenting the fact that he's stuck on four and a half sacks a year, and if he had been put in the right situation, he'd be beyond that by now. Whatever, Samson, kind of taking a subtle shot at the Rams there, whatever. And Micah Kaiser, the ex-Ram, now with the Raiders out for the year with a knee injury. That's a bummer. I always liked Micah. I always said he was playing in the wrong era. Would have been a great middle linebacker back in the day, perhaps. Now, before we get to our other segments, I want to take a brief aside here and defend our own Ben Skaronic in a second. All right, I'm going to maul the media here for a second, and I'm actually going to maul a guy I am a big fan of, actually, and that's Jackson Kruger, Jackson Kruger Sports. He's got a really slick YouTube channel, provides some really good analysis on the NFL, NFL teams and players, like his style, very low-key, good stuff. One of the things Jackson likes to do on a regular basis is break position groups into tiers defensive line, wide receivers, running backs, and so on for each team. And he recently did that for the wide receivers. I'm not sure where the Rams wide receivers even ended up. That's not the point of this. But he really went off on Ben Skowronik. And I think I'm quoting here, Ben Skowronik, the worst player in the NFL. Now, like I say, I love Jackson, love Jackson's YouTube channel, watch it on a regular basis. But I had an issue with that. The problem with Skowronik is two or three plays really jump out at us. He had some really bad moments, no doubt about it. But let's step back and assess Ben Skowronik as an NFL player. Now, our expectations should be a little bit low for him, right? He's a rookie that made the NFL roster of a team that would eventually win the Super Bowl, a seventh-round pick, 249th overall. He finishes the year with 11 receptions for 133 yards. And he had 200 special team snaps, sometimes overlooked. He's a big boy for a wide receiver, 6'3", 224, something like that. And he can lay the wood on people. We saw that a few times. Love having a guy like that on my team. And in Jackson Kruger's defense, you know, I told my special assistant about Kruger's comments about Skaronic, and he kind of joined me in the fact that, hey, back off, seventh round draft pick, give me a break. And then he texted me a little while later. But, you know, there was a couple of times I wanted to strangle the guy. So I get it. You know, he had some bad moments. I really remember him for three plays from last year. Two of them you all remember. One was that pass from Stafford late in the first half of the NFC Championship game, in the end zone. He had to adjust slightly. He was looking for the ball over his right shoulder. It was thrown over the top. Should have been able to adjust and catch that ball, but he didn't. Everyone's calling it a drop, and I get it. Went off his hands. Cooper Cup probably would have caught that. OBJ probably would have caught it. Ben, the rookie seventh-round draft pick, you'd hope he could catch it too, but he did not. And then in the Super Bowl, he bobbled that pass. Now, that was a clear drop. Should have had it. Quick pass from Stafford. Probably came in a little bit hot. 
nonetheless should have caught it, went off his hands, led to an interception and a Bengal field goal. Those are definitely the two plays Kruger noted and has branded into his mind as far as his assessment of Ben Skowronik. There's another play that was the block. I don't know if it was a punt return or a kick return against the Niners in that same NFC Championship game. Laid the wood on somebody. It was an illegal hit. It did not get called, and he was actually fined for that. That could have been a really bad play for the Rams, but they did not call it. But as far as those drops, I go back to 2017. There's a game against Seattle. Had a touchdown pass thrown to a rookie wide receiver in the end zone, and it was a flat-out drop. I still remember it. Very painful play. Ended up losing that game to the Seahawks. Should have won it. Drop pass in the end zone. Had a lot to do with it. Rookie wide receivers dropping passes. You know who that was? A guy named Cooper Cup. Kind of hated on him for a couple of days after that. And look where he is now. So Jackson Kruger, great YouTube channel. Really good stuff. I think his hate on Ben Skowronik was a little over the top. And speaking of players that Ram fans like to dislike, saw an interesting stat, the most passing yards since 2018. I'm going to give you the top 10 here, but I'm going to leave number six out and see if you can guess. One Mahomes, two Brady, three Ryan, four Derek Carr, five Aaron Rodgers, seven Kirk Cousins, eight Matthew Stafford, nine Dak Prescott, and 10 Russell Wilson, who's number six, I'm sure you know, guessed by now, Jared Goff. I know it's not a necessarily a significant stat, doesn't necessarily reflect if you're a good or a great or elite quarterback, but I still say, and I will continue to say, Jared Goff gets more hate than he deserves, especially from Ram fans. Don't appreciate what he did accomplish with the Rams. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Football fans, DraftKings changed the fantasy game forever in 2012. Now, 10 years later, they're doing it again with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fantasy game. A new way to enjoy fantasy football on a daily basis and a new shot to win millions in prizes. Playing Rainmakers football is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win player cards are the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions. Build your collection of football stars and enter free Rainmaker football contests all season long to compete for millions in jaw-dropping prizes. Each week, craft your lineup of athletes from your NFT collection and rack up points. Next generation of fantasy football sports is almost here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now and sign up with promo code TPPN. Click the Rainmakers tile and opt in so you can be ready for the next drop. Play free for millions in prizes all football season and build the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers football. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
This will be our last drop before the first preseason game against the Chargers. May have a drop on our YouTube channel between now and then, though. But I wanted to list the fearsome four things we should be looking at during this game. I wanted to provide you with, uh, let's call it a Rams fans viewing guide for the preseason opener, Rams versus Chargers, Saturday night. And I was going to limit it to four, and I could not do it. I ended up with ten. Ten things that, as Ram fans, we might want to be focusing on Saturday night. My fearsome ten things to look for in the preseason opener. Number one is the cornerback situation. Now, th this is where it gets a little tough because the Rams famously do not play starters in the preseason for the most part. And we know Jalen Ramsey was not going to play regardless, still recovering from that minor injury. But what does that mean for Robert Rochelle, Troy Hill, and David Long? Now, they may have already all secured their role in this defense. Probably not entirely. There's going to be some battles in training camp, but not necessarily on the field. But someone's got to play, right? I mean, we know Dakobe Durant and Darion Kendrick are going to play a lot. T.J. Hall and Grant Haley are going to play a lot. And Haley and Hall are really battling for a roster spot period. They both have a shot at making this team. Rochelle, Hill, and Long are the interesting ones. What does it mean if they play? Does that mean they just need bodies out there? Someone's got to play. Does that mean the starting cornerback spot opposite Ramsey is still under competition, which it probably likely is? But I, I don't know. We just need to watch the cornerbacks in this game. I'm especially excited to see Durant and Kendrick play, period, regardless of what the role is going to be. But we'll see if we get some clues what the Rams are thinking for those number two and three cornerback spots, how they use Rochelle, Hill, and Long, or how they do not use them perhaps at all in this first preseason game. But if nothing else, let's watch Durant and Kendrick I have a feeling we're going to be very pleased with how they perform. The second thing we want to be paying attention to is that safety group. And it's a very similar situation uh, that we talked about with the cornerbacks. What does it mean if guys don't play? What does it mean if guys play? Uh, Jordan Fuller, Taylor Rapp, Nick Scott. I suspect they're off the table for this game. Terrell Burgess will probably get on the field a little bit. Perhaps if he doesn't, that's actually a good sign for Burgess and what his role might be. I don't think we're going to know who the starters are watching these preseason games. So who are we going to see out there? Well, we're going to see Russ Yeast, a seventh-round draft pick, trying to make this team. Two undrafted rookies, Dan Ism and Jerrion McVeigh. I've heard good things about Ism. He has a shot, I think, at making this team. But... I want to see Yeast and these two undrafted rookies play and keep an eye out for these other guys. Uh, again, don't expect Fuller, Rapper, Scott to play at all. What's going on with Terrell Burgess? If Burgess is out there, that indicates he's trying to carve out his role in this defense still. The third thing I want to look at is who's playing inside linebacker. Now, we know Ernest Jones and Bobby Wagner aren't setting foot on that field. And we know Treven Howard is still out of action. They got Jake Hummel, the undrafted rookie, and they have Christian Roseboom. And, you know, they have Jake Curvais listed as a linebacker now. So I'll be keeping a close eye on that. Now, this isn't a real critical issue, 
I think Ernest Jones and Bobby Wagner are going to play a lot of snaps this year. But who's playing behind them? Is someone going to step up and prove that in an emergency situation they can carry the load at one of those spots? Rose Boom, Jake Hummel, and Jake Gervas. That's about it. So we will probably be seeing a lot of them Saturday night. The fourth thing I'll be looking at, it's really a player I'll be looking at, is Cameron Dicker. Now, he's in a competition for the punting job. So obviously, we want to see what he's got, what he brings to the table in that regard. But I will not be surprised if Cameron Dicker kicks off. And I would not be surprised if the opportunity arose that Cameron Dicker would try a long field goal. Or maybe he'll try several field goals. I think they're going to give him a look in the field goal department and kickoff department as well. Now, I don't think he's a threat to Matt Gay, but I think it could sway the Rams in a specific direction in Dicker's favor if he punts well and shows something in the kicking game. So keep an eye on that. It'll be interesting to see how they use Dicker in a meaningless preseason game. The fifth thing I'm really interested in, well, we are all very interested in this, and that is the right guard position. Are Coleman Shelton and Logan Bress going to battle it out in training camp and not in preseason games? That could be the case. Or we could see them both play Saturday night. Maybe we'll know before then. Uh, maybe McVay will share his thoughts on that before Saturday night. But I'm hoping we see some Logan Bruss and some Coleman Shelton, but especially Bruss. Now, some have said if Bruss doesn't play, that means he's won the starting job. I don't necessarily believe that. If Bruss and Shelton, if neither of them play, well, they both can't have won the starting job already. So, I don't know. We're going to learn something about the right guard position by who plays and who doesn't and, and how they play if they do get on the field. The sixth thing I want to see, going to get right to the point here, I want to see John Wolford and or Bryce Perkins take command of this offense, whether it's a second or third string, whatever it is, take command of this offense, drive down the field for a couple of touchdowns. Luis Perez could also play, I suppose. But these guys got to step up, make me feel a lot better about this situation at quarterback, especially with some doubt in the air about Stafford's availability I don't want to make too much of it because I'm probably overreacting. Stafford's going to be there for game one, but this elbow pain really has me bothered. And I need both of these guys to play like they have the potential to lead the Rams to the playoffs if they had to. That may be asking too much in one preseason game, but need to start seeing it sooner rather than later. Number seven, interested in our backup running back situation We won't be seeing Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson. I would think we'll see Jake Funk. We'll definitely see A.J. Rose, Raymond Kalize, and the new guy on the block, Trey Ragus. Again, not something I'm extremely worried about. This is something I'm really interested in. The number three spot in the Rams running back rotation, kind of up for grabs. Kyron Williams would have been the guy, I think, or maybe Jake Funk. Williams on that pup list. So who steps up? This is an opportunity for one of these guys. The eighth thing we should all be looking at on Saturday night 
is the defensive line. That's probably the one thing that concerns me the most. Bobby Brown III will not be available early in the season due to the suspension. Sebastian Joseph Day has moved on. We got Ashawn Robinson, Aaron Donald, and Greg Gaines. They're not going to see the field Saturday night. Marquise Copeland, I think, would play. Michael Hoyt would play. And then who else? Well, I'm interested to see if Elijah Garcia can be a contributor in this rotation. Ernest Brown IV, is he going to finally emerge as a contributor on this defensive line? And then there's Elijah Garcia. He's a big boy that could take up snaps in the middle of that rotation. It would be such a big deal, in my mind, if Elijah Garcia proves that he can play at the NFL level. Rams need some help there, in my opinion. Need some guys that have the ability to take five or ten snaps a game and rotate in if someone gets dinged up a little bit. Especially interested to see if Ernest Brown IV and Elijah Garcia can show us anything on Saturday night. Now, one of the things I'm most excited about is number nine on my list of things to watch for Saturday night is seeing our two young edge rushers, Chris Garrett and Daniel Hardy. Now, we lost Von Miller. Been hearing that ad nauseum for a few months now. We still have Leonard Floyd, Justin Hollins, Terrell Lewis. Chris Garrett showed very well last year in the preseason, and I suspect the Rams have high hopes for him this year. And now they draft Daniel Hardy. I think this may be a case of Daniel Hardy being in the same situation Chris Garrett was last year, get him into camp, start developing his skills, expand his tool set, confirm that he can play at the NFL level, give him some chances to shine in the preseason, and worst case scenario, he's a contributor next year. But but the bottom line is we're going to see a lot of both these guys Saturday night, I expect, and we're hoping to see an updated version of Chris Garrett where he can actually contribute during the regular season. And Daniel Hardy, hey, who knows? Uh, really excited to see both these guys, though. Hardy, an incredible athlete. Chris Garrett showed great in last year's preseason. Rams obviously think a lot of him. Want to see them get it going Saturday night. And I have a feeling they're going to play very well. And number 10, the last thing we might want to check out during this game is going to be the return game. I'm wondering if they're even going to let Brandon Powell return kicks in this game. Maybe they will. But I'm guessing Austin Trammell will get some shots. He was a honorable mention kick returner at Rice his last year there, the abbreviated season due to COVID. This is for Conference USA. He was first-team wide receiver, but honorable mention returner. So that may be why the Rams brought him in. Maybe they don't want to expose Brandon Powell. They're certainly not going to expose Tutu Atwell in a preseason game, right? Returning punts or kicks. Not sure if they do that with Brandon Powell. So be interesting to see who does return kicks in this first game. It's kind of up in the air for the opener, right? And maybe maybe they just want Trammell to take these duties during the preseason, perhaps, or someone else will have to see another thing I'll be looking at. OK, 
Okay, Ram fans, going to bring back one of my more popular segments. Who's pumped, who's pissed, and who's perplexed? Looking at all the fan bases across the NFL, which ones are feeling it and which ones are not so much. Now, a little warning here. This is as California a podcast as it can get. I'm recording above the ocean sand as we speak. So I apologize. Well, actually, I'm not going to apologize for any beach noises that filter through on this podcast, on this segment. I'm not even going to try to filter them out. So what fan bases are pumped? Let's start with that. Well, our divisional rivals, a couple of them are feeling it. The Seattle Seahawks fan base has to be pumped. Getting that DK Metcalf contract solved once and for all. And same can be said for the 49ers. Debo Samuel signed and under contract for them. So that's a big step forward for both of those franchises, getting key players under contract and in some ongoing drama there. So those fan bases have to be pumped. And I got three more fan bases that are pumped, all related to the performance of first-round draft picks. The Jaguars took a lot of heat for drafting Trevon Walker, the outside linebacker edge guy. Hey, Jags took him way too early. What are they doing? And in his first preseason game, he comes up with a sack. I know it's not really that big a deal, a preseason game, a sack by a rookie, but still they have to be a little pumped, feeling a little bit better about that draft pick. And the New York Giants selected Kayvon Thibodeau, and he was a guy that experts were all over the map on him. He should be the first pick in the draft. He's not even a first-rounder. A lot of concerns about his energy, his dedication to the game, and then other people saying, you know what, he's one of the, he's the most talented guy in the draft, so pick him. The Giants selected him, and reports out of camp is he has lightened it up. Another edge guy. I think the Giants hit on Thibodeau. Looks like he's going to be a very good player. I know, again, it's early in camp. How much can we deduce from a few weeks of training camp? But I think Giants fans are pumped nonetheless. And Atlanta Falcon fans uh, have to be pumped about Drake London so far, kind of along the lines of Thibodeau. Assessments of London were all over the place. It's a little early, but Falcons are thrilled with him. So Falcon fans have to be pumped, right? And who's pissed? You know, the Arizona Cardinal fan base has to be pissed. that This contract thing uh, with the uh, film study requirement in there, and then it gets pulled. A lot of quarterbacks really critical of the Cardinals for even putting it in there. But then the concern remains, if you're a Cardinal fan, what does this mean for our franchise quarterback? How how does the front office of our team feel about our quarterback that they had to put this in the contract in the first place so they can't be really happy with the way this is headed? It's behind them, and they can hope that Murray just steps up and does the film study that they originally had in the contract, but if he doesn't, someone did some research online and determined that Kyler Murray's stats declined immediately after the release of the new version of Call of Duty. So that's not a good thing. The data is there, apparently. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and 
maybe maybe we can talk to those Call of Duty guys and say, hey, could you release it a few days before the Rams game, a few days before the Rams-Cardinals game? We'd much appreciate it. Another fan base that's pissed is the Miami Dolphins fan base losing that first and third round draft pick. Kind of harsh, maybe. Sounds a little harsh, but their owner was a little bit out of control there. That's got to hurt. Miami Dolphins losing their first and third round pick. I'd be pissed. Of course, if that was the Rams losing those two picks, that would just mean they'd lose the opportunity to trade for a very good established player. And who's perplexed? Well, Tampa Bay's got to be perplexed with this Ryan Jensen injury. Their fan base has to be a little bit worried. A 45-year-old quarterback, is that how old he is now? Playing behind an offensive line that's still very good, but loses perhaps their most important player as far as Brady is concerned. He's pretty good at avoiding edge rushers, but pressure up the middle is what usually gets to him, and they lose Ryan Jensen. And Cleveland Brown fans have to be perplexed. At at first, I was going to put them in the pumped category. I thought this was behind a six-game suspension. Browns could live with that, and the Browns could potentially make a playoff run if they got Deshaun Watson in Week 7. But now that's all up in the air again. Appeals and lawsuits and what have you, I don't really understand the full complexity of it. But bottom line is, Deshaun Watson's availability is still up in the air. And, you know, I think some ladies that follow the Cleveland Browns may still be a little pissed that they have Deshaun Watson in the first place. Uh, I know a couple that feel that way, so I don't want to dismiss that entirely and just talk it, talk about it strictly from a football sense. A lot of lady fans have to be upset, and the NFL has lots of female fans, and I suppose a lot of male fans, not happy with the Browns for that same reason. And you know who else is perplexed? What fan base is perplexed? Well, I'm perplexed. Every team in the NFC West getting mentioned here, and now it's a Rams turn. The injury to Jefferson, yeah, a little bit concerning. He'll be back, though. It doesn't seem to be significant. But the Stafford thing with the elbow, got to be a little perplexed, a little concerned. I'm certainly perplexed. You know, and McVeigh communicating about it sometimes. You know, this is an abnormal injury for a quarterback. That doesn't give me a warm fuzzy. But he does refer to the medical experts as saying they are just taking the right course of action to make sure he's ready to go. But not going to deny it. I'm perplexed regarding this Matthew Stafford situation. And can John Wolford be the guy if Stafford can't go at some point? I hope I'm entirely wrong on that. I hope my perplexity is unwarranted. We're going to find out soon enough. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at ramsup.com. You'll find links to all of our episodes and a link to our YouTube channel. And you can also leave us a voicemail from our website. Don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating. It's really appreciated. And remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and 
the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama. <laughs> <laughs>